0: Today with Catherine Ruinala. Hallelujah. Are you happy? I tell you, you have good reason to be. And we mustn't forget that. In a world that is full of bad news all the time, the more drama there is, the more it sells. And so they, the, the world feeds on drama and negativity. But God's kingdom is righteousness, peace, and peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's one of the delights of being able to come together, is to joyfully worship Him, to remind ourselves of His goodness, to bless Him, to sing of His wonders, to sing of His majesty. That's why we testify of His goodness, because the more we talk about the good news, we lift up the name of Jesus. We glorify the One who is above every other name, the One who is peaceful in the midst of the storm, the one who brings joy for mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness, hallelujah, who gives beauty instead of ashes. And so it's so powerful as we come and we remind ourselves, we testify of his goodness because the world needs to hear good news, hallelujah, and you are the light of the world. Uh, uh, A light that's covered up is is useless. But he wants you and I to be declaring the goodness of the Lord until it becomes so natural. And I want to testify, the goodness of God has so dramatically changed my life. I am so dramatically changed. I was so insecure and frightened and terribly... Um, bound by the the need to try and please everybody, because I I I was so insecure. But the love of God came and set me free. His perfect love cast out all fear. Hallelujah. And I was thinking uh, just today as I was um, talking to the Lord. And I was actually having to prepare a little bit also for an interview um, that I've got coming up in a a little while with Sid Roth about my new book um, that's coming out, hallelujah. And so I was going through testimonies and having to, and I was finding photographs and video of these miracle testimonies of things that the Lord has done. And it just made my heart remember, oh, the goodness of God. This week, I actually had a, an interesting dream. You know, God can speak through dreams. Not all dreams are God speaking. Sometimes your brain is just sorting out thoughts from the day. Sometimes they're actually attacks from the enemy. But sometimes God will speak to us in dreams. We see that biblically all the way through the Bible. And I believe the Lord spoke to me in a dream this week. I had this unusual dream. And in the dream, I was planting seeds in this barrel. And as I was planting the seeds, the plant was not only growing, but it was fruiting. The, the, I was planting tomato seeds, but instead of coming up as the size of normal tomatoes, the tomatoes were the size of capsicums or peppers. They were just like huge tomatoes. At the same time, I was still planting the seeds. The plant was growing and this huge fruit was coming. And I believe the Lord is saying that we have come into a time of supernatural acceleration and supernatural fruitfulness. Hallelujah. The Bible actually tells us in Isaiah 61 that in verse 7, it says, Instead of your shame, you shall have double honour. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Hallelujah. It's a promise from God. And you know this has been a message that I've carried in my heart and, and seen and applied so, so much through my life. But the Lord is speaking. He is saying, those who sow in tears will reap with joy. If we will believe and put our faith in the one that gives beauty instead of ashes, if we will believe that as we sow our pain, we can receive double for our trouble, God wants to pour it into our hearts. You know, in the Amplified, it says, uh, in, For your former shame, pain, and disgrace, I will give you double recompense. For your former shame, pain, and disgrace. And this is the beauty of of God. We can take everything that the enemy tries to throw at us for evil and trust him that he says he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. As I was going through some some of the testimonies today preparing for this interview, I was looking at photograph after photograph of people who'd had completely deaf ears pop open. And I realised I have so many different photographs of people who'd been spontaneously had deaf ears instantly pop open and be healed. And I remembered back to the days when I was just first starting to step out and believe God for healing. I'd gotten a revelation from the Bible that Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. I i read Oral Roberts' book about miracles, and I was reading about how the power of God had come in His hand, and He'd feel it in His hand. And while He was feeling it in His hand, He'd lay hands on people, and they'd get healed. And I was like, "Wow!" And I'd be watching Catherine Coleman videos and crying, like, "Wow! Look what God did!" And and I, I just got really desperate. God God, I want to see miracles. Lord, baptise me with fire. And he did. Hallelujah. It was glorious. But I was absolutely not going to settle. I cannot have less than what I'm reading about God. I can't keep reading this Bible, this book of Acts, and not experience what they're experiencing, God. I have to have it. I have to have it. And I was pressing in. And I remember one night being in church and Uh, I I just found out, I didn't realise, but Tom's brother-in-law had um, lost his hearing when he went diving um, and didn't do it properly and his eardrum burst. And so he'd had a, a deaf ear for a long time. And I was like, oh, I've just been reading about those and hearing about those. And in the worship, I felt, or in the service, I started to feel like my hand was on fire. I could feel like the presence of God, and I was like, "Oh, oh! I know about my brother's brother-in-law's deaf ear. I, if I could just get my hand on that deaf ear, I reckon it'd pop open." But I, I was. A I wasn't in ministry or I wasn't on a ministry team or anything. And so I I waited till after the service. And then I didn't know if it was even proper protocol that I could just allow to pray for somebody. I thought I'd better get the pastor's permission, even though it was still my brother-in-law. I went to the pastor. I said, oh, I feel like I'd like to lay hands on my brother-in-law and see if I could pray for his deaf ear. And he goes, okay. And so they went... um, Talk talked to my brother-in-law, and, 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 and I, I, told, I, I was sort of thinking that maybe you know how you've got a deaf ear? I've, I was, and by the time they took us all into a back room, all the feeling had gone. <laughs> and there was no more feeling in his head. <laughs> and so everybody's looking, I put my hand on his deaf ear, and nothing happened. And he didn't get healed. But I still believed, oh, God, this has to be you. This has to be you. And I kept believing and I kept feeding on the miracle testimonies. And I kept pressing in and saying, God, I've got to have it. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. God, you said the same works that you did. We were doing greater works. And I just kept pressing in. God, come, come, come. And praise God. I remember going to a Methodist church um, where I was going to minister one of the very first places I was ministering in overseas and uh, the beautiful Methodist pastor there, Ron Fernio, he sh- he'd just been out to this place called Bethel for a conference and Bill Johnson had just written a book called When Heaven Invades Earth and he he said, oh, I saw this testimony and he had a video of it and he showed me this testimony of this guy called Chad who'd prayed for somebody in a shopping centre um, for, a, for a deaf ear and and she got healed and i i just burst into tears i had to go into my bedroom and i cried oh god oh god god i got to have it i got to have it god i got to have it <laughs> anyway the next day i was due to go up to another church to to minister. And I'd actually changed my flights to stay to, to go to this church. But when I got there, there'd been a mix up and they didn't even know that I was coming because the pastor wasn't there and he hadn't told somebody. And they'd arranged for another Bible college student to preach. And so they, so they said, oh, well, you know, after the service is closed, if you want to pray for some people, you could do that. And was a bit ticked off, you know, like, I've gone to all this trouble. (laughs) So I listened to the message and I was like, all right, that's good. And sort of got my attitude sorted out. And then he just completely dismissed the service and said, oh, and by the way, if anyone wants healing, there's a a woman here um, from Australia who likes to pray for the sick. So feel free to stick around if you'd like that. And so a a small little crowd gathered and um, I said, Has anyone got a deaf ear? (laughs) And this one lady said, I do. I said, right, come here. (laughs) And in the name of Jesus, I laid hands on her deaf ear and pop, it opened. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) And now as I go through my testimony photographs, the number one miracle that I see more often than anything else is deaf ears. And you know what? I believe double for your trouble. That if you don't quit, you win. That if you will sow your disappointments, if you will sow your pain, God will give double. And if you will sow in tears, you will reap with joy. If you'll be determined to say, I'm going to sow that, God will cause you to reap it. Hallelujah. And so I don't want to waste a drop. I go for everything. Like, I, and I'm the Holy Spirit has to help me and remind me because sometimes I forget. I, you know, I've been through this issue with this person, or this frustration, or this disappointment, and the Holy Holy Spirit will remind me. Have you sown it? Oh, like, okay. No, that felt like pain. So, God, I'm sowing that pain intentionally. Thank you, Lord, for double. Thank you, Lord, for double. Uh, I'll go, okay, Lord, I'm sowing that disgrace, that dishonour. I'm sowing that for double. I've done that, you know, pretty much every time somebody's done something nasty about me on the internet. I go, thank you, Jesus. I'm sowing that for double recompense. And I tell you, the favour I have on media now is people just can't understand. How does this here happen for her? It's like, I've got the magic seeds They're not magic. It's pain, shame, and disgrace that the Bible says I can sow in the soil and he will bring a glorious harvest from. Hallelujah. Don't write nasty things about me sowing magic seeds. Praise the Lord. (laughs) It's the Bible. We sow our pain and we reap with joy. We sow our shame and we reap with his blessing and his double honour. Hallelujah. And he doesn't want us to waste it. You know, when I read this again today, for our former shame, pain and disgrace, he brings double recompense. I looked at that word shame and I thought, you know, there are so many people who who struggle with shame. With deep pain, shame, and disgrace. And shame is different to guilt. Yeah. Uh, guilt's actually a good thing. Because if you feel guilty for doing the wrong thing, it means the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is awake and alert and saying, rock, 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 That's a good thing. Be grateful for guilt. But as soon as you feel it, you go, oh, that was wrong. I'm sorry, God. Have, have mercy. Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blood and your mercy. Thank you for power not to do that again. Thank you, Lord, for helping me recognize that. Sorry, Father. And we exchange our sin for his righteousness. Hallelujah. His mercies are new every morning. But shame, it comes in and it actually starts to affect your identity. It, it starts to make you believe that you're not worthy. And it can start... From when you're very young, before you even realise what's going on, the devil doesn't play fair. And he comes in and tries to undermine the confidence of who God's made you to be. He comes in to try and make you feel like you're not enough. You're never going to measure up. You're never going to fit in. You're never going to be quite fitting in with everybody else. You're never going to be lovable or loved. And these are the lies the enemy tries to get in and sow. But the glorious good news is that for our shame, God wants to give double. When I was growing up, my dad was sent off to Vietnam when I was just a toddler. Um, and then when he came back, mum and dad divorced. And then, you know, as as life went on, mum... Mom, Mom, also left and left us with other people and I was abused and I was already before that already deeply insecure because of all the troubles that had gone on and and I was so desiring to please people. I hardly got to see my dad, I adore my father but I'd get to see him like twice a year but when I'd see him, I'd 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 grab my music stand and my clarinet and I'd run out into the hallway because he'd be there for like fifteen minutes, and, and beep 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 on my clarinet to try and get him to think, isn't she wonderful? Because if he could think I was, if he could just say it, I'd feel I'd feel special. But I began to realize that I lived my life, my whole time, always trying to beep 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 trying to make people love me. Make me feel worthy. Make me feel valuable. And so it would affect all of my relationships. I'd try so hard that it would put people off. Have you ever been around people like that that are trying so hard to get your approval that you just back away? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That was me. But the good news is that perfect... Love casts out all fear. This isn't just a nice saying. It's a truth. Because I was so concerned about keeping people happy that to be in ministry as a woman would have been an utterly unthinkable thing. Like, everybody might not like that. But God, by his great mercy, knew what he was going to do. And he came in and he so saturated my life with his love. I began to realise I needed this love when I um, was about 23. And there was someone sharing a testimony how they had... Um, prayed this prayer in Ephesians about knowing the love of God that passes knowledge, about becoming rooted and grounded in this love, that being filled up to overflowing and how it had changed his life. And I just went, I'm going to do that. Because he, he said he prayed it every single day for three months. And during that three-month period, his life was changed. And I thought, right, that's what I'm going to do. Because I was so needy for love that nothing and no one could ever fill the hole. No matter how much I got. And there's a lot of people who live like that. They do things to try to get people's approval, and then they have to get caught in this performance cycle of keeping doing the good things to try and keep getting the approval until then they don't one day measure up or they're not able to do it, and then the shame comes back again and they feel worse. Have you ever experienced that sort of attitude? This is the cycle that the enemy would love to have us on. Do this, do this, do this, and they'll approve of you. Do this, do this, and you'll get love. And you know, some of us can approach God like that. We can think, "If I'm good, if I'm good, if I'm good, if I'm good, if I'm go- oh, I didn't do well," and then the shame comes back, and the shame comes, and it it makes you feel like you don't, you're not worthy. What it actually does is it keeps you self-focused, and it puts your eyes on yourself, and you want to get free, but like oh, oh. the only answer, hallelujah is found in a good washing out with the only thing that can take it away, and that is the perfect love of God. And so I began to pray this prayer. Father, strengthen me with might my, oh my in my inner being. Lord, that I may come to know Christ dwelling in my heart through faith, that I, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend together with all the saints what is the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, the love of God that passes knowledge and I might be filled up to overflowing with all the fullness of God. And I prayed that in faith because I'd read in the Bible that if you ask anything according to the will of God, you can have it. And so I knew this was for the will of God because it's in the Bible and it's for all the saints. So this is unquestionably the will of God. So if I'm going to pray a prayer that's the will of God, I, This, there is no room for doubt. This is the will of God for me. He says, whatever I ask according to his will, I can have. So I'm going to pray this. I personalised it. I put it on a cassette tape and I would put it in my car. I would get by my bed, on my knees, by my bed every morning. I prayed this. Through the day, I'd pray this, believing God was going to give it to me. I wasn't really feeling very much, but I was believing God was going to give it to me. Ask and you will receive. Then one night I went along to a meeting and they had an altar call for shame. I thought, oh, oh my parents and Laura are here. They might think that I've got really big issues. I really want to go. So I just, okay, I'm going to go. And I go, and I stand up there, and I hold my hands up, and someone came and prayed for me, and then someone else came and prayed for me. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, just stay there. I just stayed there. And they started to turn the lights out, but I still stayed there. And then suddenly I had a vision, and I saw myself as a little girl with my head on the Father's lap, and he was stroking my hair like this. And then I saw another vision and I saw this ugly face and it's who I believed myself to be this ugly imperfect person and I saw the mask just float away and then I saw this lady walking in heavens in the heavens and she was clothed with this like beautiful royal robes and she was walking and she was so dignified and so confident and I'm looking at this vision and the Lord said That's you, and I fell on the floor, and I got up, and I walked differently, and and I'd like to say that was the end of it. But you know what? God continues every day to come alongside me and say, "You are lovely. You are loved. You are beautiful. You are kind. You are patient." And I'll think, oh, you know, you should be telling me that I'm this and I'm this. And he'll say, you're kind, you're patient, you're full of the love of God, you're full of righteousness. And the more he speaks, the more I believe him. And as I receive his love, his love continually casts out all fear. You see, it's not a one-off experience. The love of God that passes knowledge, the prayer is that you would be filled continuously with all the fullness of God. To be filled continuously, you have to keep receiving. And so that means you have to keep posturing your heart to say, I need love. And as you do, your deep need, crying out to the deep kindness of his love, he comes in and he says, let me tell you how I see you. Let me tell you how I feel about you. And he continually demonstrates kindness that's beyond our capacity to understand. And so he tells us, pray for supernatural strength so you can comprehend this love. And then you become overwhelmed and the worship comes and then he comes deeper and you can have as much as you'll take. problem is a lot of us just take a little sip but you can have as much as you'll take and if you'll keep taking the Bible says we love because he first loved us and the more you receive the more you'll overflow And as you overflow, the love of God, the power of God, the confidence of God will overflow through you. You won't be arrogant, but you'll be absolutely walking in delight and holy confidence that says, it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And such as I have, give I thee. Hallelujah. And God has done it for me and he wants to do it for every one of us, not just once, But every day he wants to fill us to overflowing with all the fullness of God. Every fear that comes our way, he wants you to take it and go, Father, I thank you. Your perfect love casts out fear. So I'm feeling this. I give this to you. Thank you, Lord. For my former shame, pain, and disgrace, you're going to give double recompense. Father, you said, I sought the Lord. Your word says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So, Father, I give you fear, and I thank you for for natural peace. We can sow and reap continually in faith and live a life of freedom and victory. And the good news is that when we have confidence before God, whatever we ask, we receive.